1: Hey, going? Road to Berlin podcast. This is episode number 15. Um, getting pretty close to the race day. Three weeks to go. When this goes out, it'll be about 19 days until the Berlin Marathon. So this podcast series is pretty quickly coming to an end, which is good and bad. I'm probably going to miss talking to the boys every Monday night. And um, the banter and the conversations and the venting and the discussions around different training sessions and philosophies... That have occurred the last, yeah, probably 10 or 12 weeks. Once again, thanks to Brad and Julian for their time for the podcast. Um, Massive favour to us this week if you know someone who would get value out of this podcast. I'd love if every listener could share it with one person so they can kind of do a bit of, uh, you know, bulk listening to it, listen back to all the episodes and put them on the journey with us and, yeah, spread the word a bit, you know, Strava posts, Facebook, those kind of things instagram if you could that would be one way you can support the show anyway guys enjoy this conversation uh, three weeks to go the road to berlin with myself brady trailful bradley Croker, and julian spence thank you <laughs> Alright fellas, welcome back to the podcast. We're uh, 19 days to go when this goes out. It's getting very close.
2: Crunch time.
1: Crunch time. Do or die
2: time. <laughs> We're past that I think.
1: Past that, past that. Brad, how are you going? Welcome. Thank
3: you. Good to be back. Good to be back again. You sound a bit chirpier this week. Oh. He's back. <laughs> That's uh I think after a while you just sort of get over it and you sort of move on until you can actually run again. So I'm probably in that in that space now, so...
1: Yeah, which is a healthy kind of headspace. Well, you've always taken this pretty well. Like, all the feedback we got from the listeners about your kind of resilience and the way you kind of bounce back and the way you're kind of taking this injury has been super positive. Yeah, it's
3: been, been tough, but... Um... Yeah, I don't know, I always think that the first couple of weeks is the hardest, you know, I, I, I may have mentioned in a previous podcast, because it's that point where you know you haven't lost any fitness, and you're trying to do everything you can to get back, um, but then, you know, it's been four weeks now, and uh, you know, I did run yesterday, and like I had um, I had some doms this morning, like if you, you know, when you, if you haven't run for four weeks, and you go and run, you're going to be sore the next day, and um, there's no way I can run a marathon in three weeks time, so yeah.
1: Yeah, it's four weeks, a month away, ago, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. I've, like, I've run, uh, f- like, I haven't run more than 10 kilometers in a month. Yeah. So. Um, and I, and I uh, what was it, yesterday was my first run in exactly two weeks. So, yeah, um, right. yeah I haven't done a lot. And I haven't really even been cross-training either because I haven't been able to do that without flaring up the Achilles because of um, just wearing shoes on the bike.
1: Yeah, and how'd it feel yesterday? You got 8K out?
3: Yeah, around 8K. I went in sort of pretty positive because over the last couple of days, my Achilles had completely settled, decrepitus had gone, Um, there was no real swelling, and I could squeeze the crap out of it. Like, it was not sore at all, but I still had this thing where as soon as I put shoes on, I could feel it. Like, not even walking or running, I just put shoes on, and. So it was like that when I started the run and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go and see what it's like. And it never actually got any worse. Um, And it made me start to think that, yes, I do obviously have some Achilles like tendonitis type stuff because, you know, I can feel the crepitus. But back in 2011 or 12, I had this thing um, where uh, I think it's called phlebitis. So it was basically like a small blood clot in a vein and that was affecting a nerve down near the Achilles. And it felt like Achilles pain all the time, but it was that. And um, under ultrasound, I got like a bit of cortisone just around the, um, the, the aggravated nerve and settled it within two days. So I'm thinking that maybe that's sort of the issue at the moment. And maybe it's the, um, I guess, the Achilles issues that I'm having, maybe that's affecting the nerve. And so if I just, you know, get on top of that nerve thing, Maybe, yes, yeah, so I guess what I'm saying is maybe it's not the Achilles tendonitis that's causing the pain. Maybe it's a nerve impingement or entrapment. So Yeah, yeah right. Who knows?
1: But, so, um, so what's the so, process now to kind of figure that out?
3: Yeah, so I ran 8K yesterday, um, and the Achilles actually pulled up pretty pretty ordinary after it. Um, had Crepitus came back. Um, it was pretty tender today. I, I've actually been wearing a bit of a moon boot, and – it was worse in the moon boot because it's just got pressure up against it. So, um, so the, the plan now is I see my GP tomorrow morning to get a referral for, for an MRI. Um, I've booked in for an MRI on Thursday and then I'm seeing a sports doctor next Monday. And like, I've had that appointment booked for like two weeks now. So, um, I'm not. I'm pretty sorry, I'm going to leave the country with some sort of diagnosis, and I plan on having at least the MRI. And if um, if that doesn't show anything, I'll see what the sports doc says, and I might even go in then for an ultrasound um, after I see him. So, uh, I'm, but I'm definitely going to have some sort of uh, yeah diagnosis, or at least at least ruling out things before I leave the country. Um, and if it comes back that it's just purely tendonitis. Um, then I guess I'll just have to deal with that and it, it could just be a slow slow return back to running.
1: Yeah. Questions thrown there, Julian. You know more about injuries than I do.
2: Uh, I I don't really know that side of it. I just know that um they like like the tendon. I think the the general thing is they like to be loaded, so um yeah. I've always been taught to 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 get some heavy weight on it with low reps and and that's low reps heaps and heaps of weight when I had it I had it like a backpack on with masses of weight in it like just all the dumbbells that I had plus all the weight plates um, tore the shit out of the backpack but for a while there it was it was good to I could only do six or eight, and if you, do it, if you can do any more than that, then you don't have enough weight in there. That's how it was described to me anyway.
3: Mm. Is were, it... you doing that, were you doing that while you still had Achilles pain? Um, or, 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 it had, or the pain had settled, but you were doing this as like rehab?
2: No, I was off running then because it still hurt to run. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of just resigned that I wasn't going to run that much. And that I was yeah. going to, I could still feel the, like the, the tendon as I was loading it, but it actually felt better after I did these, these weight sessions, like immediately better. And, and I yeah. felt it, it, it worked.
3: See, for me, anything that I've done with my Achilles lately, it feels worse after I've done it, like considerably mm. worse. But, but what's really weird is that um, from what I've read and just other people that have had Achilles tendonitis is that generally it's worse first thing in the morning. Yeah, And and I've never had, like, I I jump out of bed and walk normal every single day. I've never had any morning pain whatsoever. Um, And as I said before, it's more just when I'm wearing a shoe. Um, Mm -hmm. So I guess, and that's why I'm having, I'll go and get an MRI, just to try and rule out, is it like bone spur, bursitis, just everything else that it potentially could be, like this nerve impingement. And if it all comes back clear and it's just purely... The tendon stuff then i'll um i guess i'll just rehab however they suggest to do that
1: is that yeah. frustrating though like you've had a month off and it could turn out to be a completely different injury than what you were kind of thinking
3: yeah i was bitching and moaning to viv about it um a couple of days ago because i'm like if it wasn't if it was a nerve issue then yeah potentially it could have been fixed quicker um but you never know and, and i guess that's the thing because i always had that crepitus in the tendon i went oh it must be just achilles tendonitis so if i didn't have that crepitus then maybe i would have went oh yeah that's similar to what i had you know five years ago um and because the first time i actually noticed my achilles pain it was when i just put running shoes on to go for an afternoon run i, I wasn't even walking or running i just put the shoe on and just felt this sort of pain around my achilles um so maybe yeah, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. So anyway, it's frustrating, but can't I can't change it. And if I um, yeah, if I do go, if I do keep thinking back to oh, what if I did go and just get it checked quicker? Would would the result be different? I, I can't do that, so there's no yeah. point. Waste yeah, wasted mental energy on yeah. it. Yeah, exactly.
1: What's the twenty fourth of September looking like for you in Berlin then at the moment?
3: Oh, I I definitely won't be finishing the marathon. That's for sure um best case would be uh start go go for my sunday long run whatever my long run is at that point in time (laughs) um yeah i won't be i won't be racing that's for sure i won't won't be taking a pair of racing flats to europe
1: yeah yeah righto and um not the only little injury we've got it or not that brad's is a little injury but also a bit of an injury scare for you this week julian
2: yeah i got a bit of calf niggle um the physio said it was low grade a low grade strain or or tear low grade tear in the tendinous junction which is basically that little bit above the achilles before it turns into the belly of the calf basically um so it, it was i pulled up tight after the um after the session that I did on Sunday last week, so it was pretty, it was pretty tight, and I thought, oh, I've had tight calves before. It's weird that it's just one though, um, not the other. And then by the afternoon, it was quite swollen, um, which was a bit of a worry because <laughs> normally tightness doesn't turn into swelling. And um, I iced it a ton, and I didn't run Monday. And then Tuesday I went for 7K in the morning and it felt okay. It didn't feel good, but I knew it wasn't too bad. And then I went and saw um, a friend who's a physio that evening and he um, he did a few tests where I hopped a few different directions and then he checked out the swelling and he kind of um, played around with the area and he said, oh, well, it looks like you've got this tear or whatever. And then he wrote down the plan of attack for me, um, which was going to be three days off running and then small jogs for another like four days. So basically a seven day downtime. Um, and I, I looked at it and thought, mm, shit, that's not, <laughs> that's a lot of time off. Like I don't really want that. Um, but he was very serious about the injury. Like he, he, uh, he was concerned about it, basically, that if I kept running on it, that it would continue to get worse and that I would, wouldn't be able to do workouts because it was so important for push towing off, um, getting power. So I left his house and um, had Wednesday off. And I woke up on Wednesday and it felt like heaps better. Couldn't really feel the tightness. Swelling had gone down heaps then Thursday I had off as well and by Thursday afternoon I was popping out of my skin I was like jumping up and down on it trying to basically trying to do anything I could to to see if I could feel the injury and it just wasn't there so I I adjusted his plan <laughs> came back a day early ran very short still 3k or something and um felt fine felt really stiff and shitty though and like through the rest of my legs. And then the next day, again, just went out for a jog. Um, I think I did 12K and it felt, I never felt the injury. Legs still feel stiff, back stiffening up. So the time off, like three days basically, I took off, I missed six runs. And although that's not much, it's like it, it, you need it to get that specific area right and rested. But the rest of the body stiffened up a lot, and I just felt a little bit gross. And um, Sunday just tested it on a mid long, felt okay out there. This morning I went. From, oh, that's this week, isn't it? So yeah, it was basically just a a, a week of jogging. Um, and it's totally a hundred percent now. So it was just a hiccup. It's not a, it, it's it's not a, a, an injury as like an anymore. Um, but I had to call on the. Uh, call on the advice that you guys gave the other podcast and also listen to my own words when I um when I said respect the injury it's, you're not going to get loose fitness rah 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 it's pretty hard hard few nights like thinking about it but it's all good
1: yeah talk me through that headspace so you hear the word tear calf like yeah, you've just put together like an amazing block where were you panicky or what were you kind of thinking
2: no, I wasn't panicking because I kind of just tried to remain cuz we talked about it so much the other week. Um I was pretty relaxed in that regard to know, hey, this isn't a big deal. Like the only thing that I was annoyed about is that like you said everything's gone perfectly and I had this great like block coming up to see me to the race and I thought, "Oh, I've really nailed that." Like getting getting it right, and then just you just got to change it, you got to adapt it. Um, and so I probably the hardest bit mentally is not knowing when you're ready to go again. So you're constantly thinking, "Oh, am I going to be ready to to work out on Tuesday? If I am, like, I need to go and find a good spot. I might have to take like um, go out before before work or whatever." So you just can't make plans when you have, like, a dicey injury. Um, and and, th- and now that it's gone, um, that's gone gone away. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: And fitness-wise, like, you wouldn't have lost anything. Like, you still did, you know, 20K yesterday. Like, really, it's probably just a nice little blessing in disguise, a bit of a freshen up a month out.
2: Yeah, well, it, I, I, I've been saying to a lot of people, like, I had a coach once who used to ske- – he actually scheduled in about a month out Pretty much, the, like the week that I've done, mm. where you, sorry, oh. <clears throat> Pardon me, yeah. um, where you you basically have a, a week off, a month out, and it just uh, it basically just refreshes you. <clears throat> sorry, Bless um, you. and then you yeah, <laughs> and then you 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 get your momentum. He's the way he used to put it was it really you hit the race with momentum rather than like coming down off a off a big high you actually hit it on the way up to another high and yeah. uh i kind of like that 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 resonates a little bit with me because we always tend to have good races when we're, we're we're on a bit of we got a bit of momentum behind us
1: oh 100% um yeah, I think it's I think probably the only thing that you might agree you might agree or disagree was that you said something last week about how you had just a few sessions like key indicator sessions that you wanted to hit. So now it's about right. like you didn't get the opportunity to hit I would have assumed one of those last week, but it's about just letting that go and just saying, "Oh, well, I'm not going to dwell on it. Hit the next one."
2: Yeah, oh, exactly. I wanted to do a session on Wednesday and a session on Sunday and uh, I'll only miss one. The Sunday session gets pushed to this week, and then the I just basically got to skip one session out of a whole twelve weeks at the moment. So it's not a big deal when you look at it like that. And that's <laughs> what I said to you. Yeah, how
1: many big sessions have you already put together in those last twelve weeks? Like, what's missing? One going to do?
2: Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's good to have. It was good to have. Uh, some of those more level heads around so you don't you don't stress out too much
1: yeah i must admit i did get a few inboxes about oh what's mm-hmm. Julian? nothing on strava is he okay da, 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 da. it was um caused a bit of conversation
2: yeah i th- yeah i had a few question marks like uh, questions about it because um, i think you
1: just hinted on it maybe last week we'll maybe talking about it then change the topic or you said something in the show last week about it, but then we got off, off topic.
2: Yeah, well, it, it, last week, it was a Tuesday night, I think. Yeah. No, Monday night. And so I, had, I just had a day off, and it was already feeling a bit better, and I was planning on run the next day. So it wasn't, to me, I was, yeah, a bit sore, a bit tight, but it's not a big deal. So it, it's just a little hurdle, that's all. And it's pretty rare in a marathon program. I think I said very early on, It'd be amazing if, if we all got to the start line without any sort of issue. <laughs> any one of us. Yeah. And that that's that's my little issue. So I'm glad it's only small.
1: I know uh usually we just stick to one week though. So how's this week gonna look? Um like so you said you're gonna move that session to tomorrow, was it?
2: Uh Wednesday. Wednesday. So I did a little did session to just day, today. Yeah. yeah I, I just I basically wanted to reintroduce running faster and um I ran uh Ten by two minutes on, one minute off, and it was in a cemetery in Ballarat. So it's kind of a hilly little loop. Um, it was it was pretty <laughs> it was pretty brutal out because of the weather. Have you seen that? Um, have you seen the p- picture that I put up Yes. Yeah, str- with the, the with the Stravas. Um,
1: the Sparta the Sparta guy the three hundred guy.
2: Yeah, they
1: did they snow in, in Ballarat fun. today.
2: It did it did it snowed and it hailed, and um the one point I read in the courier I put another little screenshot up that mm. it was it had it feels like negative seven point eight at two thirty p m so uh that was right when I was about to get changed to go running, so I put it off another hour <laughs> and stretched that out a little bit,
1: yeah. I know, but, yeah, someone the, someone called you on it on the Strava Post, how whenever they think it's bad where they're living, they just look up Ballarat weather.
2: Yeah. And That's that, exactly what I did to you that, yesterday. That run and and that she's from Aubrey too, so you know you might know
1: her. Well, is she from Aubrey? She's really from Chuka?
2: <laughs> no, she's from Aubrey. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if there
1: was like a cryptic joke or something in there about, yeah, Aubrey, Chuka, whatever.
2: Ah, uh, well, it jokes on you guys, really, because you're not in Ballarat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Being uh, been cold out where you are, Brad? Um,
3: yeah, but uh, I haven't had to go out in it. So no, yeah. Brad to has to been go <laughs> hasn't been outside. Hasn't been outside for a month. Last Sunday it snowed here in Canberra. I was on the uh, bike inside in my living room watching the snow fall outside. It was uh, quite a weird feeling. Yeah. So, um, that's good julian i didn't i didn't realize you'd done a session today i've hardly been on strava the last couple of weeks which has been good for my headspace but one of my questions too was are you going to have like a a lighter session just to bridge that gap between sort of jogging and then doing a marathon specific session so i think that's good that you did that today
2: yeah and i did it specifically in a place where i didn't need to worry about pace whatsoever um Like it was, I, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even look at my watch because I didn't want to chase things, and it, it was a shit day. So go out somewhere where you don't have benchmarks for certain times, and um, yeah, yeah, just it's just a session.
3: Couldn't compare. And just to a energy. session, and a session that a session that you enjoy doing as well. That you know, mm. it's just a go to that you feel good doing. And like I said, I think in a previous podcast, two minutes is that sort of sweet spot where you can work hard but not really bury yourself and yeah it's off a minute float or whatever it's a pretty good session That's
2: it that's that's my safety session like mm. I can go back to that and just I do I do enjoy that one
3: Yeah
2: yeah for sure
1: Especially if you mix it up at the cemetery up and down like small rises and stuff like that be a good mix up
2: Yeah and it was hard like marathons all about rhythm and settling in and and this this was different to that so you're pushing hard up hills and then you go down a steep descent or whatever. And, um, you, you can afford to really give yourself a bit of a, a, um, a burn because you know that the the rest is only a very short time away. So it's, it's just a, it's a safety zone. It's a safety net. Only doing a two minute rep. You can go out real hard and it won't hurt you too much. Um, and then you can, I, I basically kept those minutes today really easy, really light. And, um, and made sure the ons were a little bit more harder.
1: Yeah, yeah, good stuff. I might uh, go through my week before we get onto these questions, topics for the night. So my week was, we, a bit, we was a bit more standard than you. <laughs> I, I reckon I've ran more Ks than uh what, did you, what was your mileage for the week, Julian?
2: Oh, like 20K or something. No, 40 maybe.
1: <laughs> Brad had
3: 8. 8. three eight point three over here.
1: I did more Ks on Saturday than you two put together, I think. Anyway,
3: um,
1: so for me, it was easy 16K on the Monday down at that community run again, which was good. really enjoying that. We're still getting about... Originally, it was a group that was training for Run Melbourne, but we're still getting about 30 people rocking up every week, which is, um, yeah, fantastic, considering we're not all training for the fun run, which is all right. Um, Tuesday, just an easy 8K in the morning, and then I did quarters in the afternoon. Um, Haven't done the full set of quarters. I don't think... At all, this marathon block. I've been doing like six by 400 with a 200 meter float or five or four on my easier week. So, this was the first time I'd had a crack at doing the whole the whole set, and I was pretty worried about it going in because I think I said in past podcasts that doing six of them and five of them in the last couple of weeks has really banged me up, and I've been pretty spent at kind of that 10, 11 minute mark. So, I wasn't really sure how this one was going to go, but. It, uh, it rolled really well. I averaged 68 for the 400s and finished the quarter session in 1427 and I think my best for that session's maybe like 1415 or 15, 1418 or something like that. So um, to hit a time like that I was pretty happy with and was really stoked with the consistency in the 400s. I think the you know, there might have been 167 and 169, but the rest were kind of solid 68s and the floats were kind of in 40, 41, 42 seconds, which was pretty honest. So um, good signs there because that was one thing that I felt I hadn't really nailed any of the speed stuff, whereas I was happy with the way I was doing the long runs and the longer reps and the 1K reps and stuff, but really had um, been struggling with those quarters. So that was good to to get that one out. Um, do you up- um sorry mate go? Do you have a
2: track? Do you have a track in um in Atrica?
1: No, we don't. We got a little athletics uh, track that sometimes gets spray painted every um. Oh, it's actually spray painted at the moment, but it's underwater because it's been raining so much for the school athletic sports. But it's it's sprayed in summer, which is good. But I've just got yeah. um I just took a wheel out and a few GPSs and just measured it. Spray painted the gutters. Don't tell the local council and um. Yeah, I've kind of got this road where I just go up and oh, it's kind of about 250 one direction. And then I take a right hand turn and go about 150 in the next direction. And then I'll, I'll put a cone there where the spray painted line is. And then I've got another mark 100 meters up. So I'll go up there and do a UE and then just do that eight times. Um, so it's, yeah, it's considering that's eight U-turns in that um, in that session, I was pretty happy with it. So, it's um yeah, it's good. It's where I do all my training out this industrial estate. I did all my three sessions out there this week. I'm a bit like Josh Harris with his uni loop. It's like my spot and I just, yeah, like to go out there and switch off and get it done. Um, pulled up a bit sore, though, because that's, you know, that kind of 68-second pace was uh, a bit tight. So I was a bit tight in the calves on Wednesday morning. Got smashed Wednesday morning, though. We had to be at work by 7. We had the Father's Day breakfast on at school. Teacher problems. Um so I had to kind of be up at five and just kind of did a easy 13K. I said it last week, but cutting that midweek long run out has been, um, it just saved me, I think. Trying to back up that Wednesday, uh, the Tuesday and Thursday session and having that midweek long run in between with these bigger sessions was just probably a bit too much. So feeling since I've cut that out that I've been able to hit the sessions with a bit better quality. So I kind of got out for an easy hour in the morning Wednesday, easy hour in the morning, uh, in the afternoon Wednesday night, um, and then Thursday day off work did twelve by one k. So this is a progression that we've done the last uh, it's probably over the last eight weeks. Did eight by one k, then ten by one k, and twelve by one k. Um, put the four percenters on again, and same spot as I did them a couple of weeks ago. Just just rolled them through and yeah uh, felt one of those sessions where things just feel easy and you almost think that the watches may be a bit inaccurate or um it's gonna get harder as the session goes but I kind of banged the first one out in 257 and then the next one in 258 and I thought this is probably a bit stupid here doing kind of 12 of them and going that hard early but just pretty much rolled um every one in 258 from then on in and Really, I've been doing a bit of reading and practicing a bit of mental stuff about just being present in the in the rep or the effort you're in, and not focusing on how many you've done and trying to feel sorry for yourself, or focusing on how many you've still got to go to to tie, tie I guess tie yourself out just thinking about it. So it was good to practice just focusing on one rep at a time and just getting everyone done and and going from there. And the consistency in that session was um something i was pretty happy with as well because i think the fastest was 257 and the slowest was 259 and there was about 10 in the middle at 258 so that's probably um yeah a huge session for me and one of the best 1k rep sessions i've done by far um what do i to do after? i think
2: it's a good session
1: that was a good session and i think even because i went in like i wasn't really hyped up i kind of did it at So I did it at 2.45 in the afternoon. I had to get my tax done afterwards and I kind of did 10K in the morning at 8 o'clock. So I was kind of, you know, finishing my morning run at 8.45 and doing that at kind of 2.30 and just went in with no kind of expectations and, yeah, it just just rolled. Those shoes are, they're good shoes. I don't know if it's the shoes or I'm just getting fitter each week and progressing, but, yeah, by myself, 12 by 1K, no bikes, nothing, just... Myself on mm-hmm. a um, you know a Thursday afternoon, out with all the trucks. Did you um,
2: did you have trouble doing U turns in
1: them? Well, I didn't do U's on this one. So when I do the one K's, it's like a big horseshoe. So I kind of go down. I do the same track as I do the four hundred, but I keep keep going at the five hundred meter turn, and then you know hit the watch at the one K, and um, then just go back the other way. So I was taking right hand turns in them, and yeah, yeah, ninety degrees, and no problems at all. Kind of. It bounces, you a bit, bounces you around a bit around the corner, but nothing to worry about from my end.
2: Yeah, okay. I but, just, I have trouble going turning on them because yeah, they're yeah. so soft and high. Yeah, like thick underneath. It's not that stable. I, I, that's why Berlin will be all right because it's no sharp turn.
1: No sharp. You got about four sharp ones in the last two k at Berlin. Like other than that, because it's just hectic. You um, I remember when I did it last year. You're taking all these turns like in the city. So you can't really see what's around the corner till you get around the corner because the big buildings. And you're just waiting yeah. to take one of these turns where you see the Brandenburg Gate. And I remember it last year. I'm like, all right, right-hand turn, no Brandenburg Gate. Right-hand turn, no Brandenburg Gate. And it just kind of builds. And you're like, come on, where is this Brandenburg Gate? It's got to be around one of these corners. And it just builds up. But even um, one thing I did differently in these 1Ks, and I'm not sure how you boys do them when you do them, is usually if I have 60 seconds off, I'll kind of – get to the K mark and I might jog for you know 20 or 25 seconds just so I don't go to a stop straight away and then I'll usually stop for maybe 10 or 15 and then start the light jog again whereas this time when I did them I just kept that super slow shuffle for the whole minute so I never stopped the whole time in the session and it I don't know if it just kept the rhythm like it just felt like it um just rolled easier like it was just um yeah how do you guys do them do you have any stopping time
2: um it depends a little bit on what what sort of k reps they are so if it's like five or six by a k at 5k pace yeah i'll I'll probably stop between them yeah um but if, if it's more like well you've you've done a session there that's very fast um, but say if I did 12 of them, chances are I would I would not be going as hard enough where I need to stop, and, and you can get more of a jog through it.
3: Yeah, Brad? Um, when I do them on the track, I pretty much just, like, have a really slow jog. Um, but I find when I'm out on bike paths and things like that, I probably cover a bit more ground in the recoveries. Um, but, yeah, like I would... I I normally keep jogging, like, at what you've done. Um, Or if I've run the rep really hard, I would probably uh, not do much jogging for the first 15, 20, but then for the last 40 seconds would be moving around.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. So I'd definitely be probably – I'd probably stop initially just to get my breath back if it was a real hard effort. Um, But I'd still be moving – pretty well in the last sort of 30 seconds of the recovery yeah
1: yeah yeah because i think you've got to do that otherwise you can't go from standing still to you know three minute pace in the space of um a few meters um so yeah it was super super stoked with that one um super stoked with how the shoes felt and yeah just uh getting that done which was good uh what i do friday i went out with one of the guys stevie gray from mechuka His Going over the world champs, uh, the world Ironman champs over in the USA. So ran with him in the morning on Friday, which was good to run with him and a couple of blokes before he flew out on Saturday. And then, um, yeah, just did 14K in the morning, then 8.5K on this really cool single trail along the river in um in, in the afternoon. And then big session Saturday. So I did the 5x5K with the 1K float. Um, officially had one pacemaker on the bike Ben um, and we're about 2k in and I noticed the bloke kind of riding in the opposite direction as to what we were running so we're kind of running towards him and where we do these sessions like it's not where you go for a bike ride on a on a social um, social Saturday morning kind of thing but it was yeah, Tim, the bandit Bennett, he knows, uh, he knows who he is. He listens to his show every week. And he was talking to some of the guys at Parkrun and heard that we're doing this session out at the industrial estate. So he brought his bike out and kept his company as well, which was good. So um, great session. I had a ball in this session. The effort level felt super easy. The plan was to run it at kind of 16.20 to 16.30, the 5Ks, and do a K float in between at 3.40. And um put the four percenters on again and first one you know felt like I almost got it for free kind of ran that in 1630 and didn't really do much work at all and that was kind of the intention of you guys probably talk me up worse than I am but at times I can go out a bit hard Um, so intentionally I wanted the first one to be the slowest one and was happy for that to feel super easy and almost treat it like the first 5k of Berlin and Go easy rather than hard, and then, um, yeah. So, first one was 1630, next one was 1622, 1616, 1614, 1615, and the floats in between were about uh 335 ish, I think, probably on average, which was um, which is pretty solid. So, it was 30k all up at 318 average and 139.29. Um, and the heart rate data was like, we were super impressed with the heart rate data because overall it averaged 158. And for the 5k efforts, it was, you know, like the first, first 1630, it was at 151. Then it kind of hovered around 159 ish. Um, yeah, I think for the second and the second, uh, sorry, the second last and the last 5k were the only times the heart went over 160, which was, um, which is pretty positive. And both those reps were kind of at 315 average. So um, big session for me, big confidence booster. Um, I know it's just training, but that was, yeah, a good step in the right direction. And about two minutes quicker than what I ran 30K in the week before when I did the 10K float into the 20K effort. So um, yeah, super pleased with that. And then just went out with the boys and did, oh, I did 6K in the afternoon on Saturday. I was back in Bendigo visiting my old man for, father's day and then um just rolled 6k down down the lake in bendigo before i drove home and then got out for an easy 90 minutes with the boys out at the barma forest yesterday uh, at about 450 pace which was which was nice just a cruisy trot through the forest for about a 187k week which was yeah good good for me three weeks out
2: yeah there's a little bit of pop in your voice
1: this week i can tell <laughs> i like i am, i was talking <laughs> to my, about i was talking to my coach yesterday and he is he just looking at the way he's put this plan together he's he's a genius like he's just put i think of the training like actually doing something on race day is a whole different whole different story but the way i was doing those longer tempos where you like i was doing tempos where my you know early on kind of 15 or 18k tempos where i'd go down to 310s or 312s and would go back to 318s or 319s. So I was doing a lot of these longer 20 25k sessions where um I wouldn't go any slower than kind of 320 pace. So then getting a 1k float every 5k in the weekend. It just felt like easy, like I think mentally it was just like, well, I've just got to concentrate for 16 minutes here, get a k recovery, had my drink in those k recoveries um yeah, it's, it was a good confidence booster to do. And it's just the progression over the weeks with the training has just made that easier and easier to kind of hit those bigger sessions. No worries, I think.
2: Yeah, you're on to a winner.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's one thing to train well, but you got to race well. Like, I'm not, like, I'm, yeah, I'm confident in my preparation that, that the first 30K, if I don't do anything stupid, um, shouldn't cause me a lot of trouble, but... Yeah, I'm still super respectful of uh, the marathon, and I know how much damage that last 12k can do. How'd you feel? Yeah. Well, how you feel at
3: 30k on Saturday? Well, that's when it stopped.
1: Like I, because I didn't, yeah. I didn't do it all continuous. Um, yeah, like I was, I was talking to the boys in the last rep. Like I was, because they both listened to the podcast, the two guys on the bike, Tim and. Tim and Ben, and I was telling them, you know, do not let me get carried away this rep. I want to finish this this session smiling like I could do another one of these if I had to. Um, yeah, nearly got hit by a car at 29.5K in the last float, which was a bit of fun. So kind of I was alert and waving at this guy about getting off his phone and not running this over, and we're kind of talking about that. And, yeah, it was that was definitely one of those sessions where um, – you know, sometimes in a session where you've got to switch on and you've got to dig deep or you might start, you know, thinking about how bad you want it or counting to 10 over and over to take your mind off the pain or something like that, that just, that never happened. Like it was all just a, just get this done, stay upright, don't dig deep, just let it roll kind of thing. Positive. It wouldn't be, Good. it wouldn't be a bad way to run a marathon. Like having a K float, I don't know if anyone's ever done it, but you know, five or well, seven by 5k with 1k float gets you 42k. I'm pretty sure. And it, yeah, if someone said to me, do another one on Saturday, I reckon I could. Um, and then I'd like to think with a taper and a, and a freshen up that I could could have put another one on top of that.
2: But, yeah, um, I don't think you, I, I, I think you look at that session and you go, oh, well, on the day, why would I? I don't need those floats,
1: <laughs> I just yeah. string
2: these together. Just, I, I'm together. sure you'll be able to.
1: Well, it's even little things like, I think my flight between the fourth and the fifth one maybe was like 330, which, you know, if I run a 330 in the marathon, it's not going to really worry me at all. Like it's like, it was a 333 for one of them, a 329. Like it's, you know, that could be a matter of just grabbing your drink and, um, you know, having a bit of a stitch for a while, letting it settle or whatever. Like it's, it's good to kind of have that yeah, pace variation that you can, you can have a bad K and run a 330 and it's not going to take too much damage out of you and you're not going to lose a lot of time at the same time. Yeah. Um, Good. So yeah, positive week for me, but I'm doing kind of what you spoke about before, Julian. I'm just off the coach last night. This is our rostered on easy week. So, cause my last two weeks have been huge, right? There've been two thirty 30K sessions off the back of that 39K, which got us at the start of this block and um yeah so i'm going to have my first taper week this week so the goal is to like not get any fitter for this week it's just maintaining um kind of start freshen up a bit and just to get a bit more extra sleep and reduce the k's to about 120 130 so um and then i'll do i think one more kind of medium week and then my taper week just just a one week taper
2: yeah one week listen to harris yeah, no well, taper.
1: I'm kind of having two tape too, but I'm just putting a medium week in between it.
2: Yeah, I well, you don't know until it happens, do you? Yeah. It's one of the hard things. And exactly. then if you have a great race, do you say, "Oh, that taper worked well"? Or yeah. if you have a shit race, do you look back and go, "Oh, that bloody taper! I shouldn't have tapered. I should have just <laughs> kept going." Like there's fifty things to blame that could go wrong in a marathon, but for some reason, every everyone blames the taper. Oh, yeah. I, I messed that taper up. Like, maybe it was a training for the <laughs> previous 12 weeks.
1: <laughs> and that's the situation I'm in mean, because oh. I'm like, the last two Saturdays I've rocked up and ran, you know, 30K sessions that I would love to feel like that on race day. And I'm just like, come on, I've got to get this taper right so I feel that good on on the morning. Like, there's no good saying, oh, well, I felt good three weeks ago and did 5 by 5 k pretty relaxed. I, I'll use that. But it's, yeah, it's kind of um, – it just – Tiny bit of concern there about getting the next twenty days right.
2: Mm. Just don't, just relax. Yeah. I mean, just don't, just don't overthink it. Oh, you I'm can sure. really over. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Brad, were you gonna say something?
3: I, I just, I don't mind that approach where you have like you probably back off more this week than you would if you're doing the traditional. Just bring, you know, because normally you'd go. I don't know. Say if you maxed out at one eighty. You might go 140, 150, 120, and then, you know, 80 race week. So I don't mind that approach where you go a little bit more aggressive this week and then, what, you'd run 140 next week or something?
1: Um, and then... Yeah, I haven't got my plan in front of me, but something, maybe yeah. something like that, yeah. Because yeah, I, I fly and out next week like, as
3: well. Yeah, because I, I found before Canberra, just three weeks and just gradually getting less each week, it was quite a it was quite wild and I just felt like it was just waiting, like waiting around for a long time. So um, yeah, I quite like that approach. So it'd be interesting to see how you go.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess trying to hit it with a bit of momentum as well. Like kind of, yeah, like Julian said before on the up. So I'll have kind of my down, bring it down this week and then bring it up a tiny bit with kind of a half week down and back up again. Yeah. We'll see what happens though. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, Confident, I've just got a, that's my last big one now. Like, I'll just do some, I think I've got a 15K kind of um, effort in there and a 10K kind of effort just to keep things honest, but nothing in the 30K range again. Mm. Nice one. All right, listener questions. Did you get that email, you? Yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't
2: look at that.
1: That's right. You don't need to anyway. Your responses are better without pre-reading the questions, I reckon.
2: Is this the Dropbox
1: thing that you said? Google Docs.
2: Oh, yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, Brad I tried gonna... to open on my phone. it didn't work.
3: Brad was right on it. You need to The a... need a... the, wise, the wise man, the wise man plays it down like oh, no, i have ne- never seen the questions, I reckon he's been practicing in the shop all day long. And... Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't I reckon Brady would get would get alerted if I read it. Did I
1: yeah, uh, no, I don't think so. I, I I can see you when you're looking at the document, but I can't see you. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Don't think so. That's
2: uh, right. I'm looking at. I'm gonna get it now,
1: though.
2: Um, Go yeah. on then. Ask the questions.
1: I was talking to that when I got interviewed for that parkrun podcast the other day, saying how professional and stuff we are now. And now you're going on saying you don't even get the emails. Oh, I got the email. I just didn't
2: open it.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm busy. I'm a busy man.
1: Ah, uh, First question, Kip saying Bikili or Kip Chogi? Boys, go.
2: Oh, uh, Kip Chogi. Mm, Bikili.
1: Bikili.
2: Wrong call. Silly.
1: Julian, you're on the document now. I can see
3: you. <laughs> I just opened it.
1: You're on. Um, Bikili. Why Bikili, Brad? I don't
3: know. Just so that we don't all go Kip Chogi. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, like, I'm worried, though, that because often uh, often it's the case when you get all the big guns together, it turns into a bit of a fizzer. Like, it, it has all that hype, but then, I don't know. I, like, I hope it's a really awesome race, but I don't know. I, I don't think they'll all run very well. Mm.
1: I think it's um, for a to sign on this late. Like, they announced him, what, last week? So, like, three weeks before the mm-hmm. race. He must be in shape and ready to run like he's not going to rock up if he's going to run 205.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, but I guess the risk with all of them running is they then start to just watch each other and mm. you know will they all are they all committed to the time or are they more interested in actually beating each other? I guess I'd the... say I
2: would, I would say they would want to win. The yeah, race.
3: exactly. So then it might get to the point where they just let the pacemakers go.
0: Nah, no yeah.
2: chance. At, at 30k, it just turns into a a uh, tactical race and the pace yeah. drops dramatically.
1: Yeah. Kip, chugging you off the back of that Nike thing, though. Like, This has got to feel like he's jogging, isn't it, at 2.03 pace?
0: <laughs>
2: I don't think so. Well, the last he was, Marathon he, he ran was two and a half minutes quicker. Yeah, a bit different. Yeah, There's some pretty good, like, they've got into that about how much help he had from the pacing and it was huge
3: Mm.
2: like the actual aerodynamic benefit from the pacing was i mean i I know he had to run it but it was a big deal it's a bit like you and your bikes (laughs) you've got to take a few minutes off these sessions
1: (laughs) hey i've been doing some brain training reading though and they're saying this whole audience factor that if you got people on the bikes there and you're like accountable to people it just lifts you so i'm willing like i'm a big fan of bikes helping you out
2: you just need him for
1: the day. Yeah, well, there's going to be like 300 European blokes hanging around me anyway that I'm just going to sit on for 38K. They're not going to be yelling out your name.
3: They're not going to be supporting you. Don't
1: need them yelling <laughs> me my name, mate. Just need him to block the win for 35K. <laughs> um, Righto. Yeah, right. Um, I'm going to go with Kipchoge as well. Okay, yeah, Kipchoge. I reckon he's got a – he'd be looking right. for a big payday. Um uh, he'd be on heaps of money as it is. Probably not the payday kind of thing. But, yeah. He hasn't got... The, no, he hasn't got the world record. He'll get the. He'll want the world record. Mm.
3: Mm.
1: Alright, next
3: question. I guess
1: we'll know in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm still... Like, if I get bumped from this sub-elite start and, like, don't get... Because I know Brad and I were talking about this. Like, I'm a massive fan of distance running. Like, to be st- standing a metre back from them on the start line would be a massive um buzz for me so i'm hoping that i can be in their presence for, for some time
2: uh yeah i mean i'm sure you'll be able to sniff their jocks afterwards if you want
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sniff their jocks You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah it sounds like some jealous bloke will be back with the fast runners here brother. i reckon Was that just wait a bit jealous he's not on the sub elite start
2: yeah. I got a better looking kit, so it, so it doesn't bother me.
1: They won't let you in the sub start with that glitter, goldy kit, I reckon.
2: Are we running right next to the German lady, Anna?
1: Anna. Anna Hanna. Isn't that her name? Is she running?
2: I'm not sure. I did see something like that.
1: She's a twin. There's twins, isn't
2: there? Yeah. Oh, there's. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. What's breathing about all this?
2: Oh, she don't mind Anna. <laughs> she, she watched the race last year. Anna was in it.
1: No, that was the year before. I've watched that one on YouTube as well. Oh. <laughs> yeah. She would definitely right. she was. She wasn't there last year. I would have noticed her, I reckon.
0: Oh,
2: she would have noticed you.
1: Kabetti's going to be there. Next. That's the chick that uh, took me down last year. Nearly took Josh down. Josh out kicked her in like, the last 200 metres coming down under the Brandenburg Gate. She's going to be back there again.
2: She'll, rem- she'll remember.
1: I've been learning Swahili all year, trying to speak to her this time around.
0: <laughs>
1: last year, last year we were about fifteen k in, and she just turns around to this whole pack of guys hanging off the lead female pack, and just starts, just starts, just spraying us with like Swahili. Don't know what she was talking about, and everyone just looked at each other, and then she just dropped like a three ten k and didn't see her again.
2: she said jump on fellas (laughs) yeah jump on i'm kicking it down thank you to glory
1: (laughs) i think she was lipping the girl you end up coming second just throwing a bit of smack talk in there (laughs) just around the roundabout you remember there's this big roundabout you take a right hand turn memories are flashing back to me um all right next question immune system this question comes from jordan I'm just interested in what you guys do in terms of keeping your immune system in good health during a build-up to a big race like Berlin. Also, what do you do in terms of training if you do get sick? Brad, you're up first.
3: Um, I guess I try and eat really well. Um, Plenty of vegetables, and uh, we throw in a bit of garlic into our meals. Um, I guess in a a prep... I do try and restrict a little bit how much I socialize or not so much socialize, but just being around big groups of people Um, like in the lead up to this marathon, if I was fit and healthy and the option came up to go to like the movies or something like that, or just, you know, just restricting um, as as contact. Um, I know Michael Shelley is big on that in terms of just trying to sort of keep away from a lot of people, you know, to reduce the chances of getting sick. But um, I guess you can't put yourself in a little bubble, and um, you know you got to fly. You got to fly over to Europe, which uh, you know you're in a confined space. There's always things that can happen. Um, but I think just eating well, getting plenty of plenty of um, sleep, uh, and I guess not overtraining. You know, because um, if you're not overtraining, you're less likely to to uh, ruin your immune system as well.
1: Yeah, good answer. Oh, bro. and then
3: then the um, the second part of that, if I've been sick or injured. I think just obviously easing back into it, but also having that sort of three quarter session before you get back into full training. So, like we spoke tonight, you know, um, Julian doing, you know, a reasonably comfortable two minute on one minute float session as opposed to jumping straight back into what, you know, he would have had planned, which was like a marathon specific session. So, um, just bridging the gap between being sick, injured, not running to f- full training. Um, and I must admit I haven't been great at that last year I got really sick and was out the door the first moment I could get and I was still like you know I was like coughing up a lung and um, it actually did flatten me a lot and that's why I I didn't really um, uh, sort of pull the pin on on Melbourne just because I I didn't recover from being sick Um, so yeah you do need to give your give your body time to get over it
1: yeah yeah good answers Julian
2: uh I don't really consider this, like, this isn't something that I've um, thought about much, like how to stay not sick. I, I imagine eating good food helps. Um, getting enough rest is probably the, the most important thing. So making sure you're sleeping well, not having late nights, and um, that would be, for me, that would, that would be the most important thing. But touch wood, I haven't been sick for a, a long time. For more than a day or two, so uh, it's not it's not something that I've had to worry about too often.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, in exactly the same boat. It's I think it's just a combination of things like the sleep, the hydration, the um, the good diet. Like it kind of, and I think by actually running, like because you're running and you're keeping yourself fit, you're you're really good at blocking out those little kind of colds that sometimes people get struck down by i know working in schools i'm constantly around kids who are coughing or sneezing or got runny noses and stuff like that and um you try to stay away from them as much as you can but at the same time they're they're sitting in your classroom for six hours of the day but um i think if you're fit and you've got a pretty strong immune system you might get a sniffle and it might stay for a couple of days but then it just never develops into anything and then you kind of just block it out and um yeah keep going from there so I guess uh that's probably a pretty rounded question that there's a whole lot of little things that we all do that uh help us have a strong immune system, and the second part of that question, um, what do you do in terms of training if you do get sick? yeah, same, like I'll just the first thing I'll wipe out is a session, like I don't think you need to be doing a hard session if you're sick, I'll still try and jog um and then yes, start back with a kind of half session just to make sure I'm ready to attack a full one again, pretty much saying exactly what Brad did, I reckon. Um. next question Matthew Holland one question I'd have is how long do you allow for a marathon build up and is there such a thing as too long for a build up Julian you can go first Um,
2: I think this is a really good question because people get in trouble here they they don't segment their training enough I don't think And they look at the marathon and go, oh, a marathon. I need to prepare for a long time here. And I need to do a 12 to 16-week progressive build all the way to the day. And I think it is too long. Um, The amount of guys that get fit, really fit, six to eight weeks out from the event and then put themselves in a hole over the next three or four weeks and, and basically just limp into the... The starting line and have a an average day. It's it's unbelievable how often that happens. So I, I've done that before myself, where a month out I was absolutely popping, and I, the race needed to be then, and that was off a, a pretty long a longer build, like twelve weeks. Um, so I think if you're if you prepare yourself well, then the last build period for the marathon only needs to be around eight weeks i reckon but it's not like you're coming off the couch and then doing eight weeks of training it's people don't understand I, i think the preparation that gets you to the marathon program is even more important sometimes than the marathon program and that just that comes down to to consistency and and continually training like with the philosophy that you that you go by and um like it is the marathon training, those specific sessions, those long workouts, they're incredibly hard if you're not ready for them. But if you are prepared for them, then they're relatively like straightforward. Just like you're found with this five by five K session, like it sounds ridiculously hard, but it actually isn't if you're prepared for it. So the marathon I I, I guess the answer to the question is um how long will I allow for a build? I would say that I'd start looking at the big the, – the A race for the marathon would be around about 16 to 20 weeks out, and I'd start preparing to prepare for that build, which would be around eight weeks. That's
3: that's me.
1: Yeah, prepare to prepare, I reckon. You've you've said that well. Brad, anything to add?
3: Um, no, that's a pretty good answer. Uh, I think I was always one – well, I've not run many marathons, but – I always thought I'd want to have you know, 15 weeks or whatever, but I'm now more with Julian in that as long as you keep some sort of marathon-specific fitness all, all year round, which is really your long run. If you're if you're regularly getting in two to two and a half hours every Sunday, maybe once a month doing a 10 mile tempo, and maybe once a month doing a, a you know a surge at the end of your long, long run. You're not you're not in marathon specific training there, but you are not far away from you know from putting on those marathon specific sessions for eight to ten weeks before a marathon. So I think yeah, as w- what um, Julian said is preparing for it, which is basically just being consistent all year round with your long run, maybe a midweek long run. So you know doing getting to the point where you can go out and do 80 minutes every week. Um, and just keeping one sort of longer tempo there. So, But I think in terms of those really big sessions that you guys have been doing the last few weeks, yeah, I think eight eight weeks, really, um, maybe 10, 10 to eight weeks.
1: Yep. Yeah, and I agree with what you boys have both said. And I think another point to bring up is um, mentally, like you might be feeling okay to bang out big sessions week in, week out. But I don't know, like it takes a lot of mental energy and a lot of, Um, strain on other parts of your life to train for a marathon. So if you're doing it, you know, as the question kind of said, how long is too long? Like I couldn't um, sustain what I've done the last six weeks the whole year round because, you know, my relationships would fall apart. I'd be um, probably getting fired from your job. Like all these kind of things that I kind of need to spend more attention to in other times of the year, Um, just get neglected a bit the last you know four or five weeks when you really switch into full-on marathon mode so um there's definitely too long because it can start to take effect on other parts of your life and there's a time when to turn it on and a time when to turn it off for sure um anything else to add there fellas no
3: um, no nah, i think you're all, all pretty good She's
1: pretty wise bunch of blokes yeah those things um last question strength and conditioning from david a topic idea i'd like to put forward for the road to berlin series is strength and conditioning i'd be interested to hear what you guys do on this front and how you manage to fit it in time wise who's up good well
2: i i i guess i um hear what you guys so i do um a strength and conditioning program pretty much year-round um I see a specialist, like a, a strength and conditioning coach. So he guides me through what I should be doing and he makes me do the exercises properly and we go to his garage. Um, his name's Chris Radford and he is—he um, actually works at the Western Bulldogs as their strength and conditioning coach. So he, he knows his stuff um, and he works in elite sport. So it's not like going to the gym and getting a personal trainer and just whacking, whacking away at it um it's very specific for your sport uh i uh, ideally twice a week i can get in for an hour session um and as you do more mileage it becomes harder and harder one from a logistical like time standpoint you got to fit an hour in either side of work somehow and um that's normally running when you're working and running that much and two you start to to get pretty sore for workouts so I think at the very start of this podcast, I, I was doing quite a bit of strength work and I I wasn't really worried about how my workouts were going. Um, and that was just because I knew how sore I was. And as we get closer to the race, I back the strength stuff off and place more importance on the running. Um, so it, what we do, I, go, I guess I'll take it through what we do. But when, we go, when I go into the... Um, gym we do a little bit of warming up with some therabands um then we then i do plyometric stuff over hurdles so a lot of hopping jumping um explosive movements and then we get then i do circuits of one heavy weight exercise like a squat or a deadlift or a hack squat um and then we, we cycle through with some cable work, with some like upper body work, uh, some glute bridges, some RDLs, um, uh, like uh, one-legged squatting, um, a lot of that glute, just a lot of glute work and a lot of running, like the running chain. So the, the hip pelvic stability and the drivers, we, we just concentrate on that. And then we do two main circuits and um then we go into finish off with about 15 minutes of of core work and uh that's an hour and it, it's it's the same like it's the same format every time i go in so i know what i'm in for and you, you get into different elements of strength and conditioning
1: that's pretty uh pretty good like there's nowhere yeah. really, like there's nowhere up from there is it like that's a pretty serious approach to strength and conditioning
2: Oh, it's just a specific approach. Yeah, like it's you've got some good people it, yeah. in your
1: corner. I mean, kind of like it's you're doing some good stuff.
2: Yeah, that's and it's finding someone you trust with it because I don't. I've never found someone who I didn't feel like I really trusted giving me work like these sort of workouts to do because they're not running related. Like it's, it's they take boot camps or whatever, which is fine. I mean, there's. There's definitely a place for that in the fitness world, but it's not the sort of workout that I want to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Brad?
3: Um, Yeah, I don't do anything like that. Like, I have previously um, done sort of gym stuff, some plyos and that sort of thing, but in the last year or so, it's pretty much just been 20 to 30 minutes three times a week at home where I'll – uh, I'll do um, some core to start with, so, um, you know, planks and um, doing those V-sit things with the medicine balls where you go across your body and um, do that. And then just just glute exercises, so um, bridges, um, those sort of where you're on all fours and you kick out sort of thing, whatever they're called. Um, yeah, so I I'll do that for... Like three time, I three times, trying to do it at least three times a week. It takes me about twenty to thirty minutes, but it's mainly focusing on core and glutes. Uh, and then I guess some other stuff that I do is those heel sprints once, a, uh, at least once a week. So um, just out the front of our house, here's a decent sized heel, So just ten seconds as hard as I can go. Um, so I do that either do about six six of those, just walking back. So I'm I'm completely recovered for each rep, and um, Another time during the week, I'll try and do some strides after one of my easy sort of 35-minute runs. So I find they're quite good for just activation as well. Yeah. So that's about it That's about it for me.
1: Still, that's pretty solid, like right? three by 10-minute, uh, half-an-hour core sessions a week.
3: Yeah, it's easy because it's at home. So, you know, I'll just go in there after work or whatever, so it's quite easy. If, if I had to drive somewhere to do it, I probably wouldn't do it because it's only you know, because it's only half an hour. I'm like, um, if I've got to if I've got to drive half an hour for a half an hour session, I'm not going to bother. Um, but because I can just do it at home, it's easy.
1: Yeah, right. You chuck on like some motivational music or something when you do it.
3: Oh uh, yeah, I have a bit of Taylor Swift playing in the background cool. and Miley Cyrus. Yeah? I don't mind. I don't mind those two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, they're not too bad um yeah. Yeah. yeah do you want me to cut that out later on uh no
3: nah, it's all right <laughs>
1: um i'm pretty similar to you brad i try to do some standard core stuff without the hills because we don't have any hills around here but um yeah kind of a oh, mine's probably 25 minute core routine and on a good week i'd do it three times um but it's the first thing that i ditch i when i'm in there it's okay i do it at home as well like set up a yoga mat in the spare room and stuff and yeah, when I get started, it's fine. Put some put some music on and get, get cranking. But getting in there is my biggest battle, like, sometimes. Like, yesterday, I was planning to do it yesterday afternoon. I end up mowing the lawns instead. Like, that's how... Um, just I was looking for a distraction kind of thing, so I didn't have to do it. But, um, yeah, I reckon, you know, going forward, I'd love to do something similar to Jordan. Ah, uh, to Jordan. Jeez, what's your name? Julian. Um, but we probably just... I probably don't trust anyone who's worked with athletes, I guess what you were saying before, Julian, like a couple of bodybuilders and some CrossFit guys and those kind of things in town, but I'm not sure um, they've worked with you know distance runners before, so I'd want to make sure that we're doing the right thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's important because you can be doing some things that aren't relevant for what you're doing and like, you might come out of it with these guns which is good for summer i guess but not so good for berlin marathon
1: summer guns yeah pretty good um, and the other yeah. thing with that is, the other thing
3: with, yeah so i guess the other thing with that as well julian is um, if you're not doing the exercise it's very easy to cheat when you're doing like weights so if you're not doing the stuff with the right technique one, you're likely to get injured, and two, you're not necessarily working the areas that you want to work.
2: Yeah, I think
3: te- technique's really important.
2: Yeah, and, and even just having like being accountable by having a session there to go to, so you you pay the money, you organise a time. Whereas if you did that at home, there's not a chance I would be doing that, like waking up and going, "All right, I'm going to go do an hour," and then. Garage here with all this stuff. Not a, no way I would do that. So it's good to have something that forces you to do it.
1: Yeah, that was the point I was trying to make. I'm like, nah, don't want to do that today. It's um, it's easy no, yeah, to drop it. Be... Like you, you go for three hours, you can fit two and a half hours worth of running in, but you can't find twenty minutes to go do some planks.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: It's um, yeah, that's all right. All right, fellas, I reckon that's all the questions for today. We're uh, we're getting pretty close to to an up what two shows to go mm. yeah.
2: is it yeah right
1: yeah so well two shows and then i guess we'll try and do a bit of a, a recap when we're over there anything could happen there though i'm not i'm not sure what's going to happen there
2: yeah well it should be fun actually yeah. I would try to get me pretty close to the, the finish of the race if we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. I'm waiting for you and Christian to catch up with each other. Then I'm going to pull out the microphone.
2: I just added Christian on Facebook and he immediately just wrote back,
1: boom. <laughs> Christian from Norway. He, he's your saving grace to get to the start line. I was telling you that in that message before. That's how I met him last year. I was real panicky about not sure how I was going to get the start line. And then I started talking to him on Strava. And then we are staying at the same hotel. And He's like, meet me at the front of the hotel this time on race day. Met him there. He'd done it all. He'd run Berlin a couple of times before, I think. He knew where to go, where to get me to. And he's like, yeah, I'll get you right here. We wait here until they open this gate. And then, bang, straight in. Saved me.
2: And how, how early before that was it? Uh, before the start line?
1: Nah, Fifty I reckon... I don't think they opened that fast runner section. Don't quote me because this is a year ago, but I reckon 10 minutes before the start. Like, wow. So it was good. So it was kind of like you're standing on the side of the road waiting for you to let you in the pen. And then, um, yeah, he was like, we'll stand here ready to go. And then once they opened the pen, you just went straight in. Um, and mm. then And then the kind of sub-elite and the elite guys kind of come from their little marquee or whatever off to the side and then they let you go to the back of them once they're in their sections.
2: Okay, good.
1: So, like, as I was, I was in front of that fast runner section, so then I went to pretty much right behind Josh. Like, I could have grabbed his hat, or I don't think he had a hat, but I could have grabbed the end of the back of his singlet if I reached over two guys kind of thing.
2: Yeah, that's good.
1: So there'd be no disadvantage there.
2: Um, might grab, um, might grab Bikili's singlet. <laughs>
1: no, you won't be grabbing his singlet, you'll be grabbing my singlet.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, I'll grab your single. You'll do
1: something real sketchy, I reckon. You'll just chuck down something on the floor to make me slip over or something like that. No, I want you.
2: To, I want the best for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, same. I want the best. I want for you to well. finish
2: just behind me.
1: <laughs> as long as we run fast, I'm happy to finish one second behind you. <laughs> um, yeah, hey, right. question that I got asked the other day when I did that park run interview, and I just want to ask it to you two boys because it, it stumped me a bit. I wasn't sure of the answer. But well, Brad, it might be a bit hard for you to answer it. But Julian, do you find when you've documented the last ten weeks on a podcast that people all over the world are listening to, do you find that there's extra pressure come raise day?
2: Nah, not for me. Uh, like, no, nah, I I'm doing my thing. Um, it's cool that people are interested, but I don't feel like I'm under pressure. I haven't, I haven't said anything that would put pressure on me. All I do is talk about the training that I'm doing. If I maybe if I said, oh, I'm going to go out and run this, and I really think that I will, and I've done this training, so I'm like, mm, no. Nah. I just, I mean, I'm the fittest that I've ever been, and I think that I'm going to run well. But I don't. If I don't, then I don't feel like, it's, like it's a big deal.
1: Yeah, and. Yeah. That- there that's how i I think the pressure is probably a good thing like knowing that people are interested in it and have taken value from the podcast over the last you know 10 weeks or whatever like that's only gonna make me run better like i don't think i'm gonna crumble on the start line worrying about what someone in ireland thinks about my performance in berlin
2: (laughs) yeah i it's like we all we do is talk about our training and it's amazingly like it's been followed really closely um I'd be really, I'd really love to hear people's feedback on what they think we're doing right or wrong as well. Because um, if someone like if someone's listening, going, "Oh, I reckon he should be doing this," or "I don't know why he's doing that," can you like he should be doing this instead? I'd love to hear that sort of stuff. Um, because we've got like however many critics a month, and we never really hear anything negative back, or it's all just like oh questions, which is good. I like the questions, but if someone wanted to give feedback on, on what I was doing, then that would be really helpful.
1: Mm. Yeah, I agree. And like I've had a cap like, you know, Zach and Newman and Dane Verway, like they're often sending me messages after they listen and kind of, you know, be careful, don't overdo it, kind of having other people from the outside giving you feedback in is um, a really good insight to have as well.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, well, I yeah, I don't really have that. No one, no one wants to tell me to stop.
1: <laughs> um, Brad, what about you? The pressure question.
3: Uh, not really. I don't run for anybody else. So run for me and um, no pressure. Like It's not like it's my career. So it would be nice if it was my career. But um, I think there's more pressure on guys that need to earn money to live. So um, I think you probably put the most pressure on me, Brady, by saying that I was going to be at the Com Games next year. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Brady was uh, fair, a fair jerk back then. Yeah. He's, he's softened up a
3: bit. Yeah. The com games um, curse.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
3: no, not really. Um, yeah, no, no, no pressure.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's pretty similar to how I answered it. I think that's good. All right, yeah, fellas. Well, um, we're going to talk next week uh, Thursday night, I think, because I fly at Friday. When do you find Sunday Julian and Saturday Brad? Yeah far out yeah out. yeah,
2: that's yeah. yep, you were right
1: it's getting close when you start talking like that oh no it's next Monday I'm forgetting the whole week don't worry we'll cut that out maybe see if we get around to that um, <laughs> we've <we'll, we'll> still got <laughs> another week in Australia before we go getting ahead of myself yeah. here see I'm getting a bit a bit anxious on this side of the border no worries thanks for that fellas no
0: worries see you, see you later Next week. bye bye, yep. bye.